Hello, hello. My name is Ben Hilsinger, and welcome back to the Big Fat Snare Drum Podcast. Today's guest is Brian DeLeon, and we break down the top five drumming moments that help shape his playing style. Brian's powerful, rigid, and syncopated drum parts are infectious to say the least, and it's the reason he drums for power hitters like Albert Hammond Jr. of The Strokes, The Drums, a band, a very good band, The Shaking Hands, and many more. I'm currently on a road trip, and so I'm recording this from an Airbnb, a tiny closet inside an Airbnb, actually. But this episode finally introduced me to New Order, and it's basically all I've been listening to on my trip. So thank you, Brian, for that. Also, I need to mention, I almost edited out my initial question of asking Brian how his pandemic was going. It's a lazy question, and I hated it the second it came out, but it ended up pulling a great response from Brian and touched on some points I really wanted to keep in, so I kept it in. I just want you to know that I know. And all right, shutting up. Cheers. All right, I'm here with Brian DeLeon. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, dude, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. I mean, it's been a while since I've <laughs> seen anybody. Yes, yes. Good call. So how is, uh, <laughs> how's the pandemic going for you, man? Um, at first, it was like completely miserable and uh, terrifying. Um, and it still is a little like terrifying, but it's been good. Like, uh, I just like, at first I think I was just like, well, we just got to stay inside. So I just stayed inside. Mm-hmm. I'm still staying inside, but like, I just didn't do anything. I literally would like wake up and sit for, <laughs> sit on my bed for like 14 hours and then lie down on my bed and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Because, you know, I live in an apartment. There's no drums here. So I didn't play drums for, like, a month and a half. Maybe two months. Oh, my God. Is that the longest you haven't played drums in your adult life? Uh, sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've gone way longer without playing just, like, from being an idiot and, like, not practicing. But, but then, you know, once, like, I was like, okay, I got to do something. So I turned my rehearsal space into, like, a studio. And then since then, I've just been like, you know, practicing constantly and like trying to do some remote sessions here and there. And that's been really like a really positive experience just to do something that's like productive and to do drumming, you know, which is like Mm -hmm. good for the soul. Um, And um, just to learn about it, because I had no idea about like microphones or where to put them or like anything and then i just learned i just learned like i just spent all that time learning and now like i i think it's coming along quite nicely like good enough that like i've done a handful of like remote sessions now and people haven't like roasted me for like how (laughs) bad my drums sound well and you also uh close to the beginning of the pandemic you got a push too right i saw that you oh well yeah yeah like i was heavy making like uh just like producing stuff i mm-hmm. I, I like to i like to I, I didn't know what it was like maybe it would be new drum stuff and i just got that push so i wanted to teach i got the push literally just because i knew it was a good way to start learning how to like chop drum breaks for like jungle and drum and bass and stuff like that which is i really love that stuff yeah and i i produced the last drums record and um on that record there's a lot of i play on it and there's a lot of um kind of like breakbeat type stuff yeah but i played all of it because like while we were like writing the songs and like making the demos we tried for like two straight days to like chop drum breaks and we were just like i guess we don't know how to do this so i was like (laughs) i'll just i'll just play them so like i i really like how it came out like just like literally playing a drum break you know like i i just like doing that in general like playing things that would be like typically like electronic Mm -hmm. on the drum set um but so i got the push and then i was like okay let me actually learn how to chop breaks and now i think i'm pretty good at it so i'll probably like release some sort of like completely unlistenable like nine minute jungle track soon (laughs) 
I'll listen to it. It'll be listenable yeah. by one person at least. So, yeah. no, that's that's inspiring too because I love the drums record you're talking about is, is Brutalism, and it's an awesome yeah. record. I love it. And oh, thank you. That's cool that you co-wrote and produced that record mm-hmm. with not knowing how to do chops, not knowing about microphones, not knowing I mean, pre all this stuff. So that's that's pretty. It's like you don't have to be a know-it-all. I mean, it's fake it till you make it, right? Like I sure. have whatever career I might have right now, I literally have built it on that. Just you know, like oh, you can't program the, you can't program a like a jungle drum break. Uh, well, just learn how to play one, and then I don't know, it'll sound different but cool. Sure. Um, and then yeah, like I. I mean, I produced the record, but I didn't engineer it. Like, I had no idea about any of that stuff. Okay. Like, we like we we made the demos with like literally just like a fifty-seven over a guitar center, uh, like the cheapest guitar center drum set we could buy, and then we took it into a real studio with like a real engineer, and then kind of like rebuilt the demos. Did any of those? 57 takes make it onto the final record in like a little chopped yeah, up way yeah some of them yeah some of them some of the like crappy 57 like sounds uh were like layered in or like used as like transitions and then um i demoed a lot of the songs on my op1 like a, like some mm-hmm. of the songs started as like my op1 demos so there's like a little bit of that in there too and then a lot of the synths from our demos are just ended up being on the record because that stuff is like you know, we we're competent. We were competent enough to um, know not to record like things that are clipping, <laughs> so <laughs> that was usable. That's a good thing yeah. to know. Although sometimes it's good to not know that as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, what? I mean, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. We're we, me and Johnny are like good at recording music and stuff, just not drums. We didn't know about anything about it. <laughs> and now i do which is funny because the band's called the drums (laughs) oh yeah well brutalism is the first drums record with real drums on Mm -hmm. it every record before that has just been drum machines um which is funny (laughs) (laughs) well it's a great record and people should listen to it oh i think yeah i appreciate that and you're also in uh the shaking hands which is a project that's i guess a little more you're one of the founding members of it right yeah, it's like my band with my friends. That's definitely more of like a passion project. Like, um, it's just kind of like left of center weirdo rock music. It's fun. And there actually are, uh, I do want to get into the top five, but there's a few specific shaking hands things that I wanted to kind of uh, talk about as we go along. Oh, and I'm curious if, sure. you know, certain influences that you're going to discuss maybe tie into some of these songs. But uh, let's just get into the first one. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, my first one, also like, maybe these aren't in any specific order, just other than like the order that I could think of them. Sure, sure. But um, actually looking at it, maybe they are order of importance. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first Today. one is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first one is uh, In Bloom. specifically because of the flams i Mm. just love flams i love them uh and i just remember like that was one of the first songs i learned on the drums and i just loved that it was like its own melody and it just like when you're a kid it just it's so fun to do that yep just feels so good in your hands you know um so yeah, I just I use fill I use flams like whenever I can just for like a nice change of texture or just it feels nice and powerful. I just love I just freaking love flams. I I can't explain it. And I and I also just love Dave Grohl. <clears throat> I probably would not have any sort of career without him from just how much I rip him off. <laughs> I think it's a badge of honor to rip him off, yeah. Not that I'm I'm not saying I'm anywhere near as good as Dave Grohl, but that's just my guy, you know, is like from the ages of like 10 to now, it's just, 
it's just Dave for me. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. And you and me uh, were talking before the show that you had listened to previous episodes and we had a lot of similar choices. And I didn't you choose Dave. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't choose Dave Grohl because I knew that that Chris was going to choose Dave Grohl for his. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. All three, all three episodes that we've done so far have basically what you've said is that Dave, Dave's my dude is is the thing. And I would say that you and Gunner and Brody, while still are in you know the rock sensibility, three very different style of drummers, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's insane. Dave's the man. He's the man. You just like listen to his playing or like watching him, and you're just like, that's how you do it. Like, there's no, there. That's all. That's all I can say. Really, he has amazing instincts, and he like trusts them always. Like, who crashes on the beginning of every bar? You know, like if I did that, I think I would make everybody else in the band mad and i think i would feel kind of dumb like i'd be like this is kind of dumb i shouldn't do that but like you don't think twice about it when you listen to dave you know it's just like yeah bud get it crash on every bar it sounds good yeah and it's not like he's like blending them in it's like oh it's tasteful it's it's like a nuance it's like no he's He's like hello both of them (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly yeah if there's a third one he'd probably hit that too (laughs) yeah um and then the other thing about In Bloom was um, the the single strokes right before the chorus hits. That was just such a benchmark when I was a kid. Like once I was like, and I could do it like every time. I was just like, whoa! I think I'm getting good at drumming. Like yeah. it was, <laughs> it was just such a like like a benchmark. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of stuff he did for me was that. It's like one day I'm gonna be able to do that thing, and mm-hmm. then you know couple months later just check it off the list have you gotten a chance Um, to meet dave through any of the festivals you played no i uh i'm really scared about like meeting my heroes uh and i remember i i was in a i used to be in this band called talking tongues Mm -hmm. um it's like that was like my band and we made a record at um sound city excuse me we made a record at Sound City, and the guy that owned the stew and, like, ran it, he he was really good friends with Dave. Okay. And uh, I was, uh, one day he texted me, he's like, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, like, um, uh, I was visiting my dad in Palm Springs. And he's like, oh, dang it, dude. Like, I was, I'm heading to, like, Dave's. I don't know his kid's birthday or something he's like i was gonna bring you with me <laughs> and i was like oh dang i can't go like i'm in, i'm in the desert but I'd, i even if i was home i feel like i would have been like oh sorry i got to uh do my taxes or something <laughs> exactly yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i don't dave would be one of those pe- <sighs> it's tough I, that, it's all tough. that being said yeah that being said i have literally only ever heard such nice things about him it's like like everyone just says he's a sweetheart but yeah i'm just like I don't know. I think there were other times in that, if I remember correctly, that was a while ago. I was like 18 or 19. He lived near Sound City or he had a studio near Sound City. And that guy, the owner of the studio would be like, oh, like we, I need to borrow this thing from Dave. Like, do you want to come with me to like pick it up? And I would just be like, no, I'm, I'm good. I I should aggressively not. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, all right. Well, again, I can talk about Dave all day, but yeah, let's go to, let's go to number two. Okay, um, number two is Whatever Happened by The Strokes, the intro, and the intro specifically. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll drop in that right now. the most dave Grohl beat i've heard him play <laughs> just the, j- j- just it. with the, no 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 sorry go ahead yeah exactly <laughs> then it's queens of stone age and it's yeah yeah, right. yeah yeah it's like next is them crooked vultures and then queens of the stone age and then the one time dave Grohl played live with uh whoever at the grammys and then it's just uh audio of, of dave Grohl walking down the street 
Um, I like his my tempo. My number five pick is the Fresh Pots video. That's a huge <laughs> influence on my drumming. When he goes, <laughs> okay, so uh, whatever happened by the Strokes, yeah. For me, it's just that that like kick pattern that like is just on the. It's not on the downbeat, like mm-hmm. a, a, except for at the top. I just love. I kind of love stuff like that. That's just a little like super syncopated, but it's mm-hmm. not like mathy, you know. Like it's still like groovy. The one thing about it though is like learning it. Um, you that's got to be tight. Like it's so easy for that to sound bad. Yeah. And it's at that like perfect like awkward tempo where it's like it's not really slow, but it's not quite like even medium you know sure um so it's just like it was just like really good to learn and i and i mean that whole album honestly that was the first album i ever bought with my own money um that was just such a big album for me and then yeah i just learning that and i love that like offbeat kick pattern it's just cool just yeah, really there's cool. the going to how hard that would be to play. It's 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 also he's just doing quarter notes on the on the hi hat. So he's not like giving himself the internal syncopation to like he's that bass drum has to no. be confident and know what the hell it's doing. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be tight. And then also to go with that with that album and and just Fab in general. He's another one of my favorite drummers. Mm-hmm. I just love like he's so minimal and it's so just like it's he's the perfect drummer for the strokes and i just love that i that like straight ahead like strokes feel is like that's like my favorite like just keeping those eighth notes going and like but another like big influential thing from that record is reptilia that song is like a perfect example of like just that driving eighth notes like strokes feel Mm -hmm. but the big thing for for me was when the when i first saw the music video when i was a kid in within the first like 20 seconds 20 30 seconds there's close-up shots of all the members of the band so there's like a shot of jules holding his mic Mm -hmm. you know like you know like albert turning his his like knobs up on his guitar and then the close-up of fab is him keeping time in that beginning part the do by playing on his knee Mm. so he's like keeping the time on his knee and i remember when i saw that when i was a kid i was just like that's allowed like what (laughs) like you can like you can do that and then so i just started i just started doing it one because it really helps i still do it like if i'm if i'm not if i'm not keeping time like if i'm just doing a kick kick snare thing i always keep time on my leg it just helped so much when I was a kid, and I and I also just thought it looked cool. I just was like, no, I agree. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> but that also go, goes back to the other song, is that that's why he has to be a really good drummer, because with those bass drums, he's not... I mean, if he wasn't doing that hi-hat, he'd probably be doing eighth notes with his hand to keep that bass oh, drum. Yeah. But the fact that he can't um, makes you respect that beat even more. I definitely hear when you were talking about syncopated drum beats without being mathy there's on brutalism there's there's definitely a bunch of those cool drum intros that in no way are ripping off the strokes but have that kind of cool syncopation that people should check out as well thanks yeah it's just so nice to like i mean i i love a solid backbeat but like Mm -hmm. it's just like fun to like try and like think outside the box and not have it be have it like serviceable you know like it's the beat and whatever happened like it's so cool it's so like i think it's really creative but it's not like a like it's not him like making his mark on the song I yeah feel like a like a lot of people make that mistake when they're like writing in a band it's like okay but what's like gonna be my thing in the song you know like and i i, I really love that about fab's drumming he he's just like he is the drummer of the strokes mm-hmm. <laughs> like he contributes like I think that he contributes just as much as like every other member. I, I kind of think like if you're, I'm 27. If you're like in your twenties, thirties, like I, I think the strokes are like my Beatles, like for like my generation, like it's like, there's, it's like Jules, Nick, Nikolai, Albert and Fab. And like, they're all like integral to the strokes. Mm -hmm. I'm a big strokes fan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say I was actually recording something last week that had that similar vibe where the hi-hat is just 
just one dynamic duh, 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 the whole time, like you're not doing the molar or push pull, however you describe it. That yeah. is, dude, by like a second 30, that is the one of the most exhausting things to do is just to play a three and a half minute driving drum beat. That's yeah, I love the it. Best, biggest workout in the world. How, how crazy was it to go from, because I'm not sure if people know, but I said in the beginning, Albert Hammond Jr., you play with him. Knowing that you're such a fan of, of, of them, how nerve-wracking was it to play drums for Albert, knowing that he's played with one of the best drummers that does it? It's like, it's still nerve-wracking. I mean, I don't know if he'll listen to this. If he does, like, whatever. Cat's out of the bag. But, like, that <laughs> We guy, love you, Albert. That, yeah, that, that guy, like, changed my life through his, like, music. Like, Albert Hammond Jr., like, the Strokes are, like, a very important band to me. So, like, it's just kind of crazy to mm-hmm. be, like, that guy's, like, my boss now and my friend. Like, he's such a cool dude. Like, we, we hang out sometimes. Like, he, he's not just, like, my the lead singer of a band that pays me. Sure. Um, but it is crazy. I remember the first show I played with them, I, you know, I'm like halfway through the first song and that's when it kind of hit me. Like I was just kind of like looking like straight ahead of me at his back and I was just like, that's Albert Hammond Jr. Like this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then I played, you know, sometimes you play like a show where the whole time you're just like, don't mess up. You could mess up any second and it's all over i played one yep. of those shows after that <laughs> <laughs> hey, but yeah. it is crazy it, it yeah. really is it really is crazy um but it's awesome and he's such a nice guy that's uh, he's the exception to like don't meet your heroes rule like he's the sweetest coolest dude um and great guitar player yeah the thing, I lo- the thing i love about him is he's he seems so humble too i mean i don't think i've in almost every interview, he's kind of alluded to the fact he's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just know what I think sounds cool. And I don't, you know, he, he never claims to be technically proficient, but his, his guitar parts are so iconic. I mean, so iconic. And yeah. yeah, he, he is humble. Like he, you know, like playing in his band, I feel like he's like, um, what's the word? Colleague. That's the word. Playing in his band, I it's feel like word. his colleague. Col- yeah. You know, like it's like, it's not it's not like him being like hey kid like the drum beat you're supposed to play is this or like the feel i know that you're maybe not there yet but the feel is more that like it's so easy for like older guys to do that to you you know no offense to whoever takes offense to that (laughs) but but he's yeah it's it's really rad being in a band with him and it is you're right like it is a i'd be lying if there wasn't a little bit of that like this guy plays with fab like he like <laughs> like I, i've you know not that he, and and not that albert's music is the strokes because it's not sure. it's different but fab's a good drummer and uh albert is in a band with him so it's good for the old like imposter syndrome to be like well like you know i could make it happen in albert's band and he seems pretty pleased with me so like you know maybe that's good like i value his opinion because of who he plays with you know i think that's a great perspective and you should definitely remind yourself if you ever have imposter syndrome (laughs) um yeah so i remember i saw and i i'm gonna kind of butcher this question knowingly but um Mm -hmm. so i saw you back i think it was maybe june or july of last year at nonplus ultra with the shaking hands yeah and i remember and i was listening to your record the last few days and I was trying to find this song and maybe it was a cover I'm not sure but there was an mm. intro beat that you did and there is a the reason why I say this is I love songs that there's a drum intro that then never happens again and there was a beat that you did that I remember stuck out to me so much it was like and I'm going to butcher this but it was like boom tat boom tat boom tat digga digga da on the toms and then you start the song it was such a cool like way to start a song and i was curious if that was pulled from something or if there's a reason why you did that um i think you're talking about this song called slab which will be on our new record that we're recording right now yeah i know what you're talking about i'm doing on the rim of the of the hi-hat i'm going i just do a little yeah. Yeah. On the tom, I go boom, boom. And then it goes into it. Um, and yeah, I never do it again in the song. 
Um, and I mean, it's definitely a strokes thing. Oh, <laughs> like, really? <I'm> definitely <laughs> just going straight. Yeah. Um, it's so uh, cool, though, dude. Thank you. Yeah, that that one's really fun. Yeah, that that'll be on the new record. The the we have we have a record called Freeways, which we like half did ourselves, and I think it like shows when you listen to it. Like, there's some kind of like bizarre drum sounds on there. From I, just I, I think it sounds rad, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like some of it, like some of it was like we like bought studio time and someone recorded the drums for us, and then I think there were just moments where we were like oh dang it like uh the snare doesn't actually sound that good or like we don't like how that snare sounded so we just like sample replaced it Mm. and it's like super obvious but i think it like ends up kind of like being a thing like it's definitely a thing but yeah cool well i look forward to that that song because i yeah it's just funny that growing up with you know all my influences and then I, and I don't mean this to come across condescending, but like a drum beat like that, that's just kind of a little more just straightforward. That's the stuff that I remember a year later as something that like stood out to me. I, I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, dude. Same. I'm the same way. Hey, y'all. I wanted to. <laughs> I can't say. I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drum Co. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell, with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely, it's loud, and it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And, and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through the episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum, and it was it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat Five. I want you to get back to the show, but go check it out. This drum is beautiful, and he actually let me use it on an Eve Six tour, and I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye all right so number three Number three is Buzzcocks Ever Fallen in Love. Okay. The intro, um, specifically the like B section of the intro, which is also just the verse again. love it yeah um i just love that tom thing yeah uh, and it and it again it's like a melody you know like it's like the first half of the thing is the is the like like really straight ahead beat and then the the second half is that um that tom thing in the beat i just love i love using a little tom here and there like in your beat well, hey, that was kind of a great segue from the first thing I said. So. Yeah, yeah. I love using a little Tom in the beat. Um, again, like uh, going back to when I was a kid, I feel like maybe I haven't progressed as so much since like learning drums as a child. <laughs> but like, you know, like th- these things kind of just like stick with you, you know, they're like, don't lose that, man. Don't lose that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think um, it was a big kind of like light bulb moment for me when I was like, you can use the toms in the beat too. Like it just, it doesn't just have to be a fill, you know, Buzzcocks, that song is just like a song I liked when I was a kid. Um, 
it's just like a cool like punk song and um that drummer is also super good i kind of like feel like he's a little bit like a soul drummer like a lot of his beats are like really fast like he's opening the hi-hats and lots of lots of ghost notes like it almost sounds like punk like james brown drumming or something i love that which i really i really love i love how like frantic it is it's so cool and i love displacing like snare drums i love when you're the Stuart copeland thing where it's uh you're like you think it's one thing and then when the guitars come in you're like oh wait that's not what i thought it was at all you know like that whole thing here's the thing i was never a big police fan Stuart copeland was just like not a guy that i was like into growing up like obviously now i can recognize his like genius you know and like i mean he like totally changed the way everyone thinks about the instrument but just like as a kid didn't really connect with me so i bet there's i i would maybe guess there was like a part of him that was like this is a little bit of a police thing you know Mm -hmm. maybe not have to look have to look at the year of the song but yeah i like the Stuart copeland thing but i don't really know that many like police songs like i yeah growing up i think with my dad and his like 50s 60s vibe and then me being a kid and getting more in the 90s 2000s I think a lot of those like late 70s, early 80s drummers just kind of went over my head until I was older, just with, you know, yeah. who was introduced to me. Um, yeah. Besides Tommy Lee. I mean, Tommy Lee was there from the beginning, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's sick. I yeah. love a good cymbal catch. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, d- with displacing beats, too, it's fun because it almost it's kind of like the system of a down effect where like if you introduce chaos when you bring it back to a little more of a cookie cutter hook yeah it makes it so much better it's so effective it's such an effective way to like build tension and like release Mm. it without having to like honestly without having to like do too much or like you know it's it's not it's not chops like it's just like a decision you know it's like and i love that um and yeah that's like a that drum beat the like ever fallen in love beat with the tom like i feel like that's like something i just play as soon as i set up a drum kit like it's just constantly playing in my head and um even just that kind of like um i kind of have to like stop myself from doing it a lot that like two part phrase thing in a drum beat Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like kind of like really ingrained in me and 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 i'm sure dave Grohl reinforced that as well yeah exactly sometimes i do have to stop myself and be like dude it doesn't have to be like a thing like you can just play a beat for one part and play another beat for another part like not everything needs to be like but it is cool that song is really sick and i really that thing that he does is really cool he does it he does stuff like that a lot too in a bunch of mm-hmm. other songs that would be a good sound check beat because it kind of gets the symbols and it gets it, everything yeah, you get everything yeah 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 exactly you always got to have like your sound check beats always got to be like the one where it's like, okay, well this works for them. And then the, you got to do like the one that like the sound got like the house crew is going to be like, Oh, you know that song. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little <laughs> low key flex for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So yeah. Number four, man. Uh, number four is age of consent by new order. Any particular spot? Um, just right when the drums come in at the okay. intro. that's a sick drum beat it is yeah um i just love like 16th note hi-hat stuff like i i love that busy hi-hat oh the other thing in that song is there's two things in that song that are that are real that i want to talk about Mm -hmm. but um i love that that hi-hat pattern um and um i love that it's like I don't know it's hard to explain because it's not tight like it's not like a disco beat you know mm-hmm. but it is like you still dance to it like i could like you like new order like that's like it's dance music you know yeah. um that's just a, that's another just a big band for me 
because it's like a band with like these like sensibilities of like electronic music and dance music and um yeah it's just so cool i love the i love when sometimes he'll go like it's it's just so cool and that's a big like vibe for like the drums like a lot of the the band the drums yeah a lot of the there's a lot of the drum songs are kind of like that vibe and uh yeah it's just like the perfect like kind of like like dancey punk feel and um i'm just a, like i said i'm just a sucker for like a 16th note hi-hat thing it's fun and it's fun to play it feels so good to play that for me yeah yeah, no, and it's it's also fun to you know intertwine certain bass drum patterns with the hi hat and kind of having fun mm-hmm. a little you know fun little romantic relationship between those two. But sometimes yeah. the bass drum just needs to hold it down, and all you need to do is just a little bit of a syncopation on the hi hat, and it's just like perfect. Yeah, man, that four on the floor, like I like I forgot who who told me this once, but like they someone was telling me I think it was like a teacher of mine, and he was just saying like. You know, like dr- the drums are like an instrument where like you get direct results, you know, like you can see the effects in real time. If people are moving, if they're dancing, like you're you're accomplishing your task, you know, mm. and um, it's just crazy that like a four on the floor can do that. And a lot of times like that's what it should be like a lot of times, like I feel like when people think like not that this is like funky, but it is like dancey. Um, but I think a lot of people have the tendency to be like, ooh, like if it's if people are gonna dance, it's gotta be like, like it's gotta be like a crazy like kick drum thing. Sure. Um, but no, nah, man, I, that's that's the shit. Okay. That drum beat. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because I always try and think of a different pattern besides a four on the floor when sometimes and more often than not it's like don't try like maybe do something else somewhere else but i'm so adverse to it sometimes but yeah well and with that beat it like it, it's the thing that like grounds it because he's just going so crazy with his hands you know yeah. um and then the other thing in that song is right before i think it's i'm pretty sure it's right before the chorus oh no it's at the end of the chorus i think my favorite fill which is pop 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 man that's old faithful that that <laughs> oh, i know it sounds it sounds so dumb to probably like people like drummers mm-hmm. but god i just that's just like so effective uh at least for like rock or like indie rock music to just pop 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 i don't know (laughs) it just works you could just do it on the snare or if you really want to you could do it with the floor tom with it i don't know (laughs) it's a crazy (laughs) it's a it's a good fill serviceable you know yeah 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 it's the working man's fill. <laughs> so I did want to talk, speaking of hi-hats, the song White Horse by Shaking Hands. The reason why I wanted to bring it up was that's mostly, that's electronic drums, right? That's for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't sound like the part is quantized, or if it is, it's it's looped in a certain way that it feels really loose. Um and I really like that feel that almost feels like it's going to fall apart, but it never does. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, what 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 sparked you to do that? I mean, I'm sure you can think of a million things, but it really stuck out to me. I, I love that beat with the hi-hat and the bass drum and everything, you know, juxtaposing. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, I didn't have anything to do with that song. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you, I can tell you what I'm fairly certain is the case. Okay. Is... Um, the guys probably sequenced that drum pattern, um, in different like takes. Mm. Like, I don't think they had a drum machine and they weren't like programming on, they they weren't programming on Ableton and they didn't have a drum machine that either, it either didn't have multiple outs or they just didn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So what would happen, I, what I'm fairly certain happened is, um, it's time to record the kick drum one 
two, three, mm, play the kick drum. And then it's time to record the hi-hat. One, two, three, mm. And so those are all going to be a little off, yeah. you know? And then you get that, like, you get that thing where it's like, uh, it, they are electronic drums, but they're not, like, on the grid, you know? It's so cool. I mean, I, I just, I, I love that that feel. It's it's not yeah, like the whole drunken, like, you know, Jay Dilla thing, but it kind of has also that, yeah, just kind of stumbling it has that it weirdly has like a human imperfection and you could argue it is human imperfection because you can't play press play exactly yeah. on the on the downbeat yeah <laughs> yeah tony royster jr probably could but uh, anyone else i oh, think oh yeah he could yeah 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 i mean uh, sorry i should have said i can't yeah yeah well i'm i'm a human with you on that so yeah um number five man all right, number five. Here we go. <laughs> it's uh, it's Lars. As it should be. And I be. just want to say, I just want to say, uh, it was always gonna be Lars. I'm not. <laughs> I know that Gunner did Lars. Yeah. And I and I really respect that about Gunner is that he he's like a, a Lars apologist. He backs Lars, and, mm. and so do I. Lars is top five for me, and I'm not even just trying to be like a joker. Sure. Um. I just know a lot of people like are like up their own ass about Lars, which I know, um, I know we've. I just don't know why. I get that there's a lot of like videos of him screwing up, but man, if there was a collage of <laughs> all the times I haven't played a show, it'd be way worse than Lars. There, like people hate on Lars because he's not that good, but like, here's my thing. One, he's wildly creative, like his his parts are just so cool like so creative Two, like metallica like that band is like his vision basically so like i mean that has nothing to do with drumming but that's just like cool and like like i said like it's rad that he's not like like i said this to you the other day like it gets so boring like just worshiping like gods all the time you know and i've always been like that like i you know like i grew up like i grew up, i grew up and like as a kid i was obviously just listening to like led zeppelin or whatever my dad showed me but like the minute i heard like the ramones or like the strokes or something and i was like wait like that's i can do that like that has way more appeal to me you know like mm -hmm. i remember like I play it like there's this band uh, that I really love called Youth of Today. It's like one of my favorite like hardcore bands. And I remember I played it from I played one of their tracks for my friend once, and I'll never forget. He was like, "Oh, like it sounds so like sloppy and like I don't know. It doesn't sound like they can really like play." And I just remember like, "Yeah, that's why I like it." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, because I because I can do that. Like, yeah, and I, you know, like it, it, there's just for me it's always just been about like participation so like it's so rad to hear like someone who's just wildly like you know like neil pert or like steve gadd or something you know like no one will ever be able to play like steve gadd like that's just high proficiency it's amazing listening to that sure but, like for me like it's always been about like participation like i've always just been so juiced on like hearing something and then being like, I think I can do that. And then going to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And Lars is the metal drummer that is that. Like, his parts are fast. It's really fast. So that, I mean, but that's just, like, exercise. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, like, you could play it. If you if you really want to, you can play it. So I've always loved that. I've always loved that he was just kind of, like, the, I don't know. Like, he, it's cool that he's, like, not that good. Mm-hmm. If yeah. that's what the argument, if that's what the argument is, is that he's not that good. Like I would argue, that's cool. I like that. You know. Well, and also you were going back to creativity. It's like I, and I had mentioned this when we were texting. Like when I hear someone who's technically proficient, it's like, oh, cool. You've said no to a lot of party invites, and you've spent a lot of time in your room. That's great. Mad respect. But the person that can just think of that perfect part for that next part, I'm like that person's lived that person's listened to a lot of cool music their influence is like what are they pulling from that art the art of that is so much more interesting to me than like 
is that a right left right kick kick left right like i don't right it's like cool you know yeah, but it's exactly. like oh, he went to the tom yeah so what lars does a lot he does it a lot that was huge for me and i still try to like do i kind of do it too um he'll take his fills oh and he's far from like the only guy that does this but he'll take his fills over the bar and then mm-hmm. crash on two yep and i love it i love it every time i hear it i love do it feels cool like when you can when you do it and it hits it feels so cool like you're just like i'm the man you know like yeah <laughs> so but i guess specifically my my selection is just the chorus of master of puppets okay Gosh, dude, that, that I referenced it when we were listening to it, but that that album cover is so <laughs> so cool. So like iconic. the Metallica, the the strings to the to the gravestones are attached to the Metallica logo. It's like it's check out so, the cover for this, guys. If you don't know, it's so iconic. Like it's no wonder they sold ninety million records. I would want that if I had no idea what it was. You know, like it's just like, what's that? <laughs> Who cares? I'm buying it. Yeah, you know, like. Metallica is just also like that's just like a good band like I remember like my girlfriend like isn't really into like metal or like any sort of like heavy music and I remember she like came into the car once and I was like just like listening to Metallica and I was like I just changed it and she's like what were you listening to and I was like oh Metallica and she's like damn it sounded sick <laughs> that's like, awesome yeah. like and just everyone knows like, you just hear Metallica and you're like oh right that's right that's right like (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah 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 but yeah so just you know he goes yeah so good he also does it on battery uh and in in battery it's really fast it's something like it's like Something like that. I probably just butchered it. But taking your fill over the bar and crashing on two. I love it. And I love Lars. And he is, yeah, just so creative. And um, just so, like, yeah, I think he's very musical. Um, I would say my favorite. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I just love that he's, like, a big personality. Like. (laughs) A little bit of one, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Like. I like that. That's fun. You know, like he's not hurting anyone by like kind of being a douche. <laughs> Have you seen um that Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster? Oh yeah. There's like when he's like lying down in front of his like gigantic Basquiat painting yep. and he like explains what art is. He's like, <laughs> you know, like what how does he know when he's done with the red and decides to put a little gold over here you know like these are the things and then he like auctions off all his basquiat paintings for like five million dollars each it's like what like oh my this guy you know but it's fun like he's like a i don't know i like i kind of like like a big personality like that why shouldn't he have a big personality he's in metallica (laughs) well that's i mean that's it right there (laughs) but it's like even him talking about even if in in a douchey way of him explaining art that's his mind and you can be like, okay, well, he obviously writes drum parts. So, like, that thing that people might think is grandiose, he obviously, that's how he crafts his drum parts from that kind of perspective. So, you yeah. can still take something from that. Yeah. Um, and I will say, this is not the song, but Fuel is oh, probably yeah. one of, I still probably once every month, I'll put that song on. And it's the funnest song to play drums to. Because it has halftime. It's, yeah, it's great. That song is badass <laughs> I that's agree. all i gotta say there <laughs> are there any honorable mentions you want to bring up i have two please do yes is that, is that crazy dude i i've said this every single time we were kind of we were going to loosely call it the big fat five for like alliteration but every single person has had more than five so like who cares give us give okay, us 15 I, more man i just wanted to do um 
this is another fill that I just rip off a lot. Sure. <clears throat> is um, it's uh, hanging on the telephone by the nerves. It happens specifically at one eighteen, but but you can listen. You can start listening at like one ten. Um, I just do that a lot. Dig it it. It's just cool. It's that's like the when it hits. Oh, sorry. When it hits in the song right there, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's cool. That's that that song is so cool. And um, he does it at the intro too. But it's just that specific thing, like choosing to do it there in that break. Um, it's so simple, again, but it's so cool and. Yeah, it's just a fun. It's just fun. I that's I guess that's just my honorable men- the honorable mention is that I literally just do that sometimes. <laughs> Something a little embarrassing about that song though is that it's the hold music at um Bedrock. Oh, really? <laughs> when they put you on hold, they play yeah, that song. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then last one. Uh the last one is 100% by Sonic Youth. Oh yeah. It happens at the end of the uh, second chorus, 140 to 155. Okay. That's so sick. It's just so cool. Like, that's just one of those songs where, like, it's just, like, you listen to it in your car, and you're like, I'm I'm a real cool guy. Like, <laughs> um, what I like about I it that. is, um, <laughs> what I like about it is, um, it's just a change in texture. Like, it's, it's you know, it's not a fill. He's mm-hmm. literally, and he doesn't even fill into it, crash yeah. into it, or crash out of it. He literally just goes from the from the chorus like build up thing to the and then straight straight to the hi-hat yeah and it's so effective and i and i really love that like like that's all you need sometimes is just not even a fill just change the texture and it like does what you need it to do you know so confident (laughs) oh my god it's so it's that that little drum break is so simple but it just feels like it's just so like tough like it's just so like do not even like look at me like it's so (laughs) i just love it it's just like it's just like really like it's so cool with birthday by the beatles there's that break where where i almost said travis where ringo just dat 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 for like 16 bars or something it's just like (laughs) and he ends with dat 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 bow but it's like i remember as a kid that was a drum solo to me and i remember like when we were on my dad's like you know construction site i would look forward to that part of the song and and just like be so and like how does he do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just confidence it really is confidence like that really comes through like in your playing you know like if if you're just like playing it confident like it that makes the difference between like someone who's not maybe sure of it or not or scared to take the swing you know like scared to be like all it is is this and then all it is is this you know yeah um i think that's what i'm feeling when i'm when i'm saying like it sounds so like tough like it sounds so like because that's what it is it's just confidence yeah um that's all that's all i wanted to say i just the change of texture the simplicity it's well i love it too so and, and 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 to go back to your your production on on the drums too i can definitely um a lot of the intros and stuff just have a cool different texture and then you go to the main beat, which is a similar beat but it's just you know a little more produced and in your face as opposed to the intro and it's it's cool man yeah i'll say like on the drums record i I, I was thinking about this too. I just couldn't really find like an example. Um, but something I'd like to think about when like playing drums or like re- producing drums more specifically is like um, a lot of like textures for sure. Like sometimes all you need is a change in texture. You don't even need a fill. You don't even need to change the, the drum beat. Talking heads do it all the time. 
Yeah. Um, where it's like, what you can do is just like trust the percussion, you know, like, like let, let percussion do that, you know, which is like, mm-hmm. this is like more of a producing thing, but like, I love to just like keep a beat going and it's like, okay, well it's the same beat in the chorus, but now it's got like a tambourine and like a, like woodblock over it. And yep. like that registers is new to the, to the brain you know like it's a it's a different thing but it's kind of just the same thing (laughs) i am dude tambourine is i i know some people hate it and think it's a little dated i think it's one of the most timeless things in the world it is is the it's it's the best instrument it's probably better than drums it's the best instrument (laughs) (laughs) that we could just end right there yeah (laughs) i'll i'll plug i'll do a little plug i play tambourine in my friend's band storefront church my friend lucas is the singer of a band called storefront church okay and he writes all the songs and i play tambourine in that band that's all i do because super important and it's a lot of fun and it's the best instrument <laughs> no yeah i i don't remember the name but it was uh one of my one of my drum students i went to see one of her live shows in the band that her band opened up for um had a live tambourinist you know was it and, the was it brian jonestown massacre no 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 it wasn't it was oh. it was a still a local band um and it was at the highland park bowl what if and, it was me what if you're talking about <laughs> storefront church and that was me up there I have, i've had a bunch of different haircuts dude he had a very he actually looked very similar to me it was like a jesus oh. vibe um oh, very cool. and he was uh he was on something that was probably very good and for him and that makes for good tambourine playing that's just good tambourine playing i agree (laughs) (laughs) i mean he was so into it and it was just like you don't think and maybe this is me being naive you don't think that nowadays there needs to be like you're just the tambourinist live but if he wasn't there that would have been a totally different show it was so cool it it matters and something else i'll say about tambourine uh, is this a lot of people I feel like want to think that like it's the instrument anyone can play you know like oh, no. hey like you know like your little brother is coming to the show get him on stage he'll play the tambourine don't do it he will mess up the song it's a hard instrument <laughs> best instrument hands down don't I, at me <laughs> I love that we came to this this is this is a yeah. good way to bookend everything um <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, I know that you uh, you are also available for if people want to hire you to play. You know, like you were talking about um, to be on their recordings. Um, you also yeah. are available for touring when that starts up. So, how can people get oh, a hold yeah. of you? Uh, just hit me up on uh, Instagram. It's uh, Brian Rules B R Y A N Rules with a Z R U L E Z. Um, what is what is the back i mean it's obviously the coolest instagram handle ever but like was that a joke or what what was that uh i got instagram a really long time ago uh like this like i was pretty early on instagram so i was just 18 okay wow <laughs> and uh yeah it's been and, around um, a while i was just i had it i just brian rules was the first thing i could think of and i just haven't changed it i don't know i mean it's factual as well so that's the thing it's like should i change it is it kind of just like douchey but i think it's kind of funny and i did want to change it to brian's rules which is like kind of sick because there's like a (laughs) there's like a black flag song called my rules okay that's like that's just sick but brian's rules phonetically isn't as good and it doesn't look good in the like so i just put brian rules people know it by now that it's brian rules with a z it's uh, whatever it's brian rules with a z that's my instagram i'll say this about my instagram i haven't posted any uh content in a while (laughs) yeah just because i've been getting my like stew set up and um stuff like that but i'll probably be posting some videos uh soon and um yeah, but there's some vids of me up there. If you like what you see, I'm available for <laughs> sessions in Torin. <laughs> I love it, dude. Um, all right, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. 
Yeah, dude. Uh, oh, wait, you're done. We're done now. We're done recording. <laughs> now we are. Okay, <laughs> there we are. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at BigFatSnareDrum. The audio you're hearing was edited with Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's magic. So go check that out at Isotope.com. This podcast would take me so much longer to edit if it wasn't for the Waves Vocal Writer plugin. It rides the fader in real time and keeps both my and my guest's audio at a consistent level without the need to overcompress. I also use an endless amount of their plugins for my musical recordings, such as Abbey Road Saturator, CLA Drums, the SSL channel. Check them out at waves.com. Cheers. <laughs>